Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, a lot of nothing has happened since last we were on. I mean, there's been a few other names that have filtered out that came either Tuesday morning or late Monday after our, our last stream. But before we get to the Peyton Elway stuff, the latest you've heard on the coaching search and specifically talk about that article you had that went haywire for MHH talking about this um, potential combo of Nathaniel Hackett and the quarterbacks coach Getsy. Yeah. I want to give, well, first of all, I want to give George Payton the credit if he has this plan in place for the foresight. Um, But pro football networks, Adam Beasley put it out there and they reported that, They have a real interest, the Broncos do, in hiring Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, as their next head coach. And they're also interviewing Luke Getze, who's an assistant below uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and that could be for an OC job. And having those two guys in place, confidants, coaches that Aaron Rodgers really trusts, really love. I just put something out on my Twitter of Aaron on the Pat McAfee show going to bat for both of them and advocating for them. If they get those two coaches, well, it paves the way for a potential trade for Aaron Rodgers this offseason because the Broncos, according to Beasley, would love to make that deal. I don't know that it's all that realistic. A lot of things have to fall in place first. I think getting those two coaches is is really realistic, but adding A-Rod onto that, Chad, is a whole other uh, kettle of fish. And they're going to have to see what he does after the season, what he does this postseason, what he wants to do. But he loves these two guys. He's really, really, really big fans of Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getz. He thinks the world of them. He said it's a little overdue for Hackett's head coaching candidacy. So it could happen. I mean, if there's ever a chance Aaron's going to come to Denver, it would happen with Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getz on staff. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can 
find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. You got to think that Aaron Rodgers, regardless of how this particular season unfolds and ultimately results for the Packers, if the season ends and Aaron Rodgers looks around and sees that his offensive coordinator is gone, quarterback's coach is gone, and he's stuck with, because everything we've heard, no problem with Matt LaFleur per se, it's with the GM and ownership there, uh, or not ownership, but executive uh, chain, the executive branch of the Packers, but Brian Gutekunst, the GM. So maybe he looks around Zach Aaron Rodgers after those two guys depart for greener pastures and go, you know what? I'm out. This this only further solidifies to me the need to go finish my career somewhere else. Let's grab Tanner who jumps in. Thank you, buddy. It's great to see you. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We're happy to have you back. Thank you for the very, very generous super chat. He says, what's up, Priest? So stoked to be back with you guys. In Peyton, we trust, hashtag state of being, hashtag Broncos for life. Great to have you back, buddy. And I'm glad you reached out last night, too, to give me the uh, what's up, let you know, letting us know that you're coming back. Great to see you, Tanner. George Peyton's out here, Chad, conducting a coaching search and reworking contracts after bringing back Graham Glasgow on a reduced deal. I'm sure we'll get into that as the show goes on today. He really is a home run hire as general manager. And I'll say again, I think it's Elway's second best accomplishment after signing Peyton Manning as Broncos general manager, uh, bringing aboard George Payton as his replacement. Speaking to Nathaniel Hackett, though, according to reports, uh, they've done a lot of work on him as well. I mean, that's, there's all these little breadcrumbs out there indicating it's really down to a two-horse race for Broncos head coach, and that's Nathaniel Hackett and Dan Quinn. Whoever I think interviews better between them is going to get the job. Interviews are coming up starting tomorrow, continuing, I think, through Saturday. And then they'll hopefully have a decision after that, maybe second round of interviews. I think it comes down to them, though. They're not bringing in Doug Peterson. I saw a thing about Brian Dayball in the comments. Uh, They're not interviewing him. Whoever they've already put in a request for is the candidate pool. They're not going to add to it. These are their guys. And one of those guys is the next Broncos head coach. And based on everything, I came away from Peyton's press conference thinking it's Dan Quinn, but everything I'm reading since and hearing since Nathaniel Hackett's really got a shot, especially if Getzey comes aboard. I think among the offensive minded guys that the Broncos want to talk to, it's Hackett definitely has the edge, as you say. Quinn, I mean, that's just not a name that's going away and nor should it even though there's a part of me that would be slightly disappointed if the Broncos go with a third consecutive defensive minded head coach the more you dig into Dan Quinn the more there is to like you know he's a very intriguing candidate and so long as he got the offensive coordinator hire right which listen to this guys this is how it could shake out you could see I know this is off a little bit different thread Zach than the Hackett Getzey ticket but you could see the Broncos hire Dan Quinn as head coach, and then Mason, I'm going to grab you right next, um, and then hire a Getze away from Green Bay to be offensive coordinator. These are the type of things that happen. The Broncos pulled similar uh, tactics way back during the Gary Kubiak hiring cycle, even though Cincinnati kind of blocked what they wanted to do with Vance Joseph. Teams do this all the time in order to get 
as much of a bead on the candidates as they possibly can. And sometimes to even get them to talk to you and allow a team to, uh, or for a team to allow them to talk to an outside suitor, Zach, they have to dangle the head coach uh, opportunity, even though, you know, there's a probably a pretty solid chance they're not really expecting Getsy to be that guy. Although Zach, Zach Taylor got a head coach job as a quarterback's coach. Something to consider, though. That doesn't do it for me, though. Dan Quinn, Getsy ticket. I, because Nathaniel Hackett, if he's brought aboard, he'd call his own plays. He would be the OC pretty much, and Getsy would be the Ed Donatel of offense, a, a figurehead, but he's the quarterback's coach right now and the passing game coordinator. That's a pretty good guy to have on staff who Aaron Rodgers thinks the world of. So even if they don't get A-Rod by hiring Hackett and Getsy, you still have two great up-and-coming coaches who a future Hall of Fame quarterback continues to go, go to bat for. I would love that. I, you can bring back Donatel as defensive coordinator. You can maybe plunder Brandon Staley's staff or uh, a Vic Fangio holdover, maybe Bill Kalar or Reggie Herring. You can keep the defense mostly in place. You have the players. You need that dynamic, innovative voice on offense. Dan Quinn, to me, is perfect for Chicago or Minnesota. Those yes. jobs appeal to me for him. All right, Zach, let's, uh, let's grab Mason, who's been waiting patiently. Very patient boy. Thank you, Mason. He says, excited to be able to catch the pod live again. I have no preference on who should be owner, just as long as it's stable. Also thought SOB meant something else. Yeah, when we were talking about Vic Fangio, right? That Get that SOB out of here is what some fans were saying. But uh, yeah, dude, it's great to have you in the live chat. Thank you for that super chat, Mason. Zach, we'll uh, we'll talk about some some Peyton Elway Uh after we grab Orange Crush here, thank you. Would love to have them in the same group with Elway handling the business side and Manning the football side, but I love having two shots at a Broncos legend as owner. So guys, in case you missed it, all right, Woody Page reported early Tuesday, first of all, that right of first refusal lawsuit that the Ed Kaiser estate, that's the owner previous to Pat Bowen, was dismissed by a Denver judge, all right? Opening the way, free completely, Zach, of any legal entanglements. The Broncos, according to Joe Ellis, who put out a statement yesterday, are expected to announce a new owner on the very heels of, we're talking timeline, they're going to hire a new coach, and then back-to-back you'll hear news of a new owner-slash-ownership group. Peyton Manning is one of, I think, Woody Page reported six different groups that are going to bid on the Denver Broncos. John Elway's one in a different group. So they're, they never got to, to play against each other, Zach, as players. John Elway was in his last year when Peyton was a rookie. And even though they were both in the AFC, schedules didn't meet up. They never played together as a team, as a GM quarterback combo. They brought home four AFC titles, two AFC titles, and a world championship. So, you know, maybe there's an argument to be made, Zach, that, you know, they're better as a team. But in this particular case, they are competing in a kind of Game of Thrones or a clash of the titans to secure broncos ownership it is exciting i mean one of the other four could get the bid but these two are vying well i want to preface by this entire subject by saying and i'm sure scott will echo this in the in the pods ahead as well i really it's not a topic that ever really uh burned up my skirt, so to speak, Chad. It never really did anything for me. Got my dander up, you know, whatever cliche you want to use. Um, I don't think the owner is as important as some Broncos fans are, are making it 
seem to be. I know it's an important factor. They have to have one. They will have one, but uh, I'm just not that vested in the particular topic. It's cool, though, that a couple of franchise legends are squaring off, as you wrote there, or it's written there, for ownership of the franchise. Not maybe an outside source like a Robert Smith or a Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, as it's been posited, but Peyton Manning or John Elway. I don't know where it's going to go. They could team up, or they could not team up. Um, but the thing about what Joe Ellis said about expecting an announcement after the coaching search, is that for sure that it would be that... Uh, a new owner's coming in or maybe that they're opening it up for bidding because I felt like they can't announce anything until March at the earliest because of the owner's meetings. Yeah. You know, some of that stuff, you start getting into the legalese of the NFL and I leave that kind of stuff up to the Nikki Jabbalas of the world and the Jeff Legwalds, because like you, I mean, there's certain things we need to know and the things that we absolutely need to know in order to be able to competently pass on the, the news and our insights to you guys, we know. But some of that minutia and whatnot, we got fish to fry. Bottom line is John Elway, Peyton Manning, Zach are competing for a seat at the table to be the, the owner post Bolin. Very interesting. Here's actually what Woody Page said. With the Bolin-Kaiser lawsuit over, Broncos Joe Ellis will announce plan for a new ownership quickly. According to my sources, six candidates will bid. Peyton Manning and John Elway will be in two different groups. Another Colorado-based group is doing the research for the bid. So it's very interesting. The last valuation of the Denver Broncos, and yes, Rodney, in Peyton we trust, the last valuation, according to Forbes, Zach, this team is worth $3.75 billion. Now, the NFL, they prefer that a singular owner comes to the table but there's not too many people out there, Zach, that are that can check the box of being a billionaire with enough billions in the bank to buy a team and also want to buy an NFL club. I mean, it's a it's a rare club being an owner in the NFL, but still you kind of got to want to have that fire in your belly. Even if it's not as a competitor, you got to want to pursue that as a business interest because there's many untold profits to be made, but it's a whole can of worms, right? And not all billionaires um, want to open that can of the worms worms. They're cool with their billions. They got that they built ostensibly anyway on whatever empire got them those billions. They don't necessarily want to go buy an NFL team. The odds of a singular individuals that come to the table with 3.75, we'll see what the bid ultimately ends at billion dollars to buy the team is, is unlikely. Let's just put it that way. I mean, it's not completely outside the pale, but, or beyond the pale, that's why you're seeing ownership groups. You know, Peyton Manning will throw in a little bit of scratch, John Elway in their respective groups. But, Zach, I can't imagine that either of those guys could come up with a 30% required to be the controlling owner within a group, all right? So if you have, if you own at least 30% of the stake, all right, in your ownership group, you can be viewed uh, through NFL rules as the controlling owner. Think of that, 30% of $3.7 billion dollars I don't think either one of them, as wealthy as they are, have that much money. It's very much a liquid investment. And like you said, unless you're a billionaire in the stratosphere of Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, that's going to take up a lot of your personal wealth. And they can't just make that a shiny investment like some owners can around the NFL. And most of these other owners, they bought the franchise looking back on it for pennies on the dollar. I think Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for $78 million or something like that. And they're worth, I think they're the richest franchise and sports now so 
Um, it's going to be a very hefty sale for anyone to take on. And uh, I just think Ellis's announcement could be something a little more toned down. Like they're going to explore outside candidates or it's up for sale. Not necessarily that something's completely imminent, but I could be wrong. Let's grab Cody W in the house. Good to see you, buddy. He says, what offensive coordinator won their division, beat Denver, the Raiders, and the Chiefs, and then smoked the Ravens twice? Sounds like a good candidate to me, but I do like Hackett. Uh, Brian Callahan, right, I think is who you're talking about. Um, He's interesting. He's the last name to be added to that list of 10. And for what it's worth, the 10 that have been reported, Zach, those are the 10 that if there is going to be a report, it'll start there because you don't need to get permission to to request an interview with say Doug Peterson if the Broncos were interested in interviewing Jim Harbaugh currently head coach of the Michigan Wolverines you would expect somewhere along the lines I don't know if they need permission to talk I guess he's under contract but he's not in the league so I don't know if they would need permission relative to league rules league rules dictate you have to get the permission before you can you know going from NFL to college I don't know if they are mandated but I've heard things, and I don't know how true it is. All right, I really don't. It's a guy that I that's that's been right on a lot of different things for me over the in the past. He's based out of uh, a city not too far from Denver. Long story short, though, Zach, Jim Harbaugh, I was told, don't completely write him up. I think there are other options in the hopper. Eric Bieniemy is a guy that right when Big Fangio got fired. All right. I was saying, eh, I don't know. All, everything I've heard, Zach, all the skeletons in the closet, potentially from his time as a player, when he was assistant head coach under John Embry, the CU Buffs, man, they were a complete crap show. I, I would be stunned. And he goes, nope, the Broncos are interested in him. Watch, you're going to hear a report. Boom. Sure enough, then out comes Eric Bieniemy as an interview for the Broncos. But a lot of interesting rumors flying around. I think the two main candidates to focus on are Quinn and Hackett, but the Broncos are going to try and talk to them all. We'll see if it shakes out. Like, think about that. George Payton said these initial interviews can take five to seven hours, right? Times 10. You're talking more than two days of talking to guys, and that's if schedules line up perfectly, right? There's a chance they're not going to be able to get to everyone that they've actually officially requested interviews with, but I think it's Quinn, it's Hackett. Brian Callahan is interesting, but I think those two are at the top right now. I would take Kevin O'Connell over Brian Callahan. Maybe that's just me. I just think he's more intriguing. Um, but me too. I feel like if the Broncos were interested, they would have made it known. They would have put in a request, or we would have heard some sort of report or rumor about Jim Har- We've heard nothing about Harbaugh. We've heard pretty much nothing about Doug Peterson, Leslie Frazier, Jim Caldwell. Some of these guys that were speculated never turned out to be anything. And they can't wait at this point. Uh, George Payton moved really, really quick to get rid of Vic Fangio and conduct this coaching search. He set up eight interviews in like 24 hours. He wants his guy in the building. He's not going to wait any longer. So again, whoever's in the candidate pool is in that pool. They're not going to, I don't see adding anyone else into it. Jim Harbaugh. I just don't know feasibly how you could, Zach. I mean, you want to be doing interviews till the cows come home? Like figure out, I I think it's great that they're casting a wide net. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking from a pragmatic you know, how are you going to get it done type perspective? Unless a lot of these are going to be done via Zoom or telephone or whatever. I don't see it's it's just going to be hard, even with the 10 they have. Dave Glassman, appreciate you, my friend. It's a it's a gentle, not so subtle, but gentle still reminder. Broncos book club, which I think we've missed the last two Saturdays. But we've had things cooking. We had a Bronco game on one of those days. And then I was out of town the other one. 
It'll return this weekend. Let not your heart be troubled. Let Shane me Daniels and Zach, we're continuing to read, by the way, Slow Getting Up by Nate Jackson. Phenomenal book. What were you going to say? I want to just make a point, though, about the enemy interview. There could be legitimate interest, but it could be a case where they want to scout a rival and maybe glean some information about how they operate. It's no skin off George Payton's teeth. You know, he's already conducting a, boat, a boatload of interviews. Eric Bieniemy, if he wows him, great. If not, he learns a little more about the Chiefs' inner workings. So uh, that could be a case for people like Jonathan uh, Gannon, Aaron Glenn, Gerard Mayo. They want, he wants to learn about how some of these other teams operate. I wouldn't put all your uh, hopes into one basket, except for Hackett or Quinn at this point. Of all the candidates, he's the guy I just don't get. Him and Aaron Glenn. Two kind of, I mean, even though from an age perspective, Aaron Glenn's got, you know, a decade on Jonathan Gannon. From an experience perspective, they're pretty much equals in terms of year one as defensive coordinators. I don't understand either one of those except for, as you say, Zach, either to hold maybe a different position with a modest kind of title upgrade in Denver for whoever the real head coach ends up being, or as some kind of, um, you know, intelligence gathering operation to learn a little bit. But what do you need to glean about the Detroit Lions? What do you need to glean about how to bite kneecaps? Right. We're biting (laughs) kneecaps over here. Uh, Real quick, we're going to grab Shane, but I just want to let everybody know on our goal in January to reach 250,000 stars on Facebook, we're at 32%. When we reach that goal, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing, and the only people in the running for that raffle are the great members of our community who have contributed to the goal. Here's the rankings on that, guys. Miguel at the top. Very cool, Miguel. Thank you. Shane, the aviator, as you can see on screen twice right now. Jacob Foster, Doug Raquel, Travis Weber, Andrew Baker, Jermaine Daughtry, Michael Ronquillo, Pete Middleton, and Joshua Mize round out the top 10 and some obviously familiar names just outside the top 10. Let's see what is on the aviator's mind. Shane says, I'm leaning towards Hackett for head coach, but I have a feeling Dan Quinn is the front runner. P.S. Rooting for Manning in the ownership deal. LOL. What are opinions on the ownership issue? I mean, if you said, all right, gun to your head, Jensen. You want the ownership group under Peyton to win. You want the ownership group under Elway to win. It's easy to just say, oh, time to turn the page. We want new blood, Peyton Manning. But at the same time, I think if the Broncos were purchased by the group that John Elway is involved with, Zach, I don't think he would plan to be anything more than what he is right now, which is top of the mountain, 10,000-foot guy. You need me, call me. Uh, Marcus, good to see you, buddy. Thank you. In the UK, you the man. I don't think he's going to be a guy that wants to be down there grinding anymore. Everybody I talk to, he really is ready to kind of ride off into the sunset in terms of the grind. Peyton Manning, though, you get that vim and vigor, right? This would be something utterly new to him. He'd be competing once again, even as an owner. And I think you could see some some of that Peyton magic. You know, the Elway name and the Elway thing has magic we've seen it he's brought home three world championships to this city to this team to this fan base which is worldwide i don't want to dismiss that as if it's nothing zach like elway has done nothing even as a gm or an executive for this team but it's kind of worn out it's welcome so to speak so if i had to err on the side of either ah man i'm kind of torn on that what's your what's your answer i'm taking peyton manning all day and here's why even if Elway is not involved in day-to-day operations as the owner or part of the ownership group, 
he's still going to be that ominous figure looming over the franchise. And I think it's time now. He needs to, if he's going to be out of the picture, if he's relinquishing GM duties and day-to-day football operations, he needs to get out of the way completely. You know, no half measures when it comes to Elway's exit. You want to go spend time with your grandkids, go spend time with them. Don't keep hovering around the organization. Otherwise, I don't think it can ever be anybody else's. I don't think it can ever be truly George Payton's franchise to operate within. I mean, when you're co-worker let's say your peer or your equal now becomes your owner I don't think that's a great environment so I'm Peyton Manning all day Doug says I would agree with Peyton and George Peyton being Elway's best decisions uh death by miles there he said I saw an article that we're also going to interview Vance Joseph is there any truth to that no dolphins are but not yes exactly he's garnered exactly one interview request to my knowledge um up to this point so time of his life Time of his life in that interview, let me tell you. Good to see you, David. Thank you, bro. He's all for uh, Nathaniel Hackett. That's cool. Uh, Dwayne, appreciate that super chat, my friend. He says, Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator and offensive track record is rather impressive. Could be the best of both worlds, question mark. Outside of Kyle Shanahan, what are you talking about, Right. What are you talking about? Kyle was there in 15, or was he in there? Was he there in 15? He was there in 16. Uh, now I got to pull it up. I want to say Kyle. He had Kyle for either one or two years uh, in Atlanta. Scott knows, but uh, let's see real quick, Zach. I'm pulling up Kyle Shanahan wiki. So he was Atlanta offensive coordinator the first two years that Quinn was there. Um, after that, it's not like they fell off a complete cliff because you had Matt Ryan, but it was never the even close to the same. And they had a lot of talent on that side of the ball for a stretch there before people started getting old and Quinn just couldn't make hay. Couldn't make hay, Zach. I was going to say like Kyle Shanahan was going to be great no matter who he was with or uh, what coach picked him. And add on to that, you had Matt Ryan playing still in his prime with Julio Jones and you had Devontae Freeman, I believe back then you had some really good players on that side of the ball. So uh, I wouldn't lean on his OC track record as a means to hire Dan Quinn. If you're going to hire Dan Quinn, it means he's the best leader. He's going to get the most out of the defense, and he's going to be the uh, the mature guy to whip the Broncos into shape and focus on all sides of the ball and just be what George Payton expressed in the press conference. But uh, in terms of what he's done in the past, leaning on Kyle Shanahan's laurels, that's not a reason to hire Dan Quinn. Bryce, thank you for the super chat, my friend. And by the way, if you're a superstar supporter on Facebook or a super chat superstar, reach out to us on Twitter. Make sure we are connected. Give us a follow. Do one of these in our mentions so we know who you are, because if you are a super chat superstar or star supporter subscriber, we will follow back because we like to tag and thank and shout out our, our supporters after each and every stream. All right. So, Bryce, if you're on Twitter, reach out to Zach and myself and do one of these. He says, my guy is Hackett. Does the enemy have a shot? Yeah, he has a shot. He has a shot. And where once I doubted the realism, Zach, of him being a viable option in Denver, no longer do I. But it's going to be interesting to see timing-wise on any of these guys. I mean, first of all, with a lot of them, you're vying with other teams who want to also interview while they're also locked in the playoffs and have fish to fry, right? That has to be their primary focus. So timeline-wise... You know, a young coach, for example, that's getting his first opportunity to be a head coach, 
if one team offers him that gig and they hadn't quite yet had a chance to interview with the Broncos, they're not waiting, dude. They're taking that job just because it's life-changing money. There's only maybe two names on that list that I could see being picky and choosy if a team straight up offered it to him. Maybe three. The two Cowboy coordinators, maybe Hackett. I don't think anyone else on that list, Zach, has enough juice to risk not accepting an offer. So there's a maybe be enemy, maybe be enemy. But there's there's no guarantee that the Broncos will be able to get in front of each and every one of these guys before someone else does. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Well, I'm just impressed that Peyton gave Bienemy an interview because that's something we were screaming for in 2019 with Vic and they didn't give him a shot. So a couple thoughts about him. Could be a Rooney rule situation. They have Aaron Glenn as well to fulfill that. Um, he doesn't interview well. That was the bugaboo with uh, Eric Bienemy. He turned a lot of teams off. So I don't think George Payton, if he wants a leader, if you can't even win your interview. How are you going to win over a team? So um, and the other rumor is that Kansas City wants to preserve Mike Kafka and kind of mm-hmm. let Eric Bieniemy go. They rather have Kafka in the building. I wouldn't want someone else's leftovers. I'd rather go for the guy that Aaron Rodgers is rooting for and Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getzey. That combination. Eric Bieniemy would be like fourth on my list right now. JJ, what's up, buddy? Thank you. He says, "Hey guys, I'm good with Hackett, but not the cost of Rodgers. In other words, what it would take." to get Rodgers. That's a whole conversation we'll have to circle back to another time. Uh, Albert Getze relative to quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. I think the only skin he might have on the wall is Jordan Love, and we haven't quite been able to see much in the way of uh, really how far developed he is. But he's helped elevate Aaron Rodgers back into MVP status late, late, late in his career, and that's got to count for something. Rodney, I believe George Payton will kill the draft and free agency. Go Broncos. Let's hope so. I mean, he killed the draft last year. There were some free agent and trade moves that in in hindsight I I don't think I don't think he was as obviously successful with his free agent moves, Zach, as he was in the draft. But uh I got nothing but high expectations now for what George Payton can do as a draft artist. The only one I think he whiffed on was Kyle Fuller, but even that, that was my favorite signing that he made in the offseason. Other signings that he that he brought, a, like players he brought aboard, Mike Boone wasn't used by Pat Shermer. That's not on George Payton. That's on the coaching staff. I thought Shamar Steffen was a great pickup. I, I thought he filled the roster out really well, but where he killed it was the draft. And you're setting the team up for long-term success when you have foundational bl- building blocks like George Payton imported. I thought he had a fantastic first year, and I thought he's off to an amazing start in year two. I do, too. I mean, I think he had a good year overall. I wasn't huge. And to this point, I'm still a little ambivalent on the Darby deal. Yeah. Because even though Darby kind of steadied and solidified down the stretch, he like a he slightly got hurt better A.J. Boye. Yes. So he started hurt, and he ended hurt. And they paid him some serious dollar-dollar bills. And I think the Teddy trade was a big Vic. reason why that season ultimately is going to go into the dustbin of history. It wasn't all on Teddy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it colored the 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 water, so to speak. It muddy the water is what I'm looking for in terms of should have had clarity at quarterback. Instead, it turned into this faux quarterback competition that I now, in hindsight, in retrospect, don't believe was a true 50-50 competition created weird expectations in Juju and the fan base. And I think this team probably would have been better going out and just signing a similar caliber quarterback that was on the street to come be your insurance instead of this forced 
fake, we're going to have him compete thing when Vic Fangio was obviously desperate to save his job. I'm not putting Teddy Bridgewater on George Payton in the least. Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer were forced on George Payton. His hands were tied. His coaching staff likely went to him and said, listen, this is the quarterback that we want. We don't like Drew Locke. We're not going to start him. Go get us Teddy Bridgewater. And Peyton, being a rookie general manager, still learning on the job, he fulfilled that. He did his job to create a quarterback competition. It's not his fault the coaches bungled the quarterback competition. I would honestly give George Payton an A for year one. I don't know. That might be something you and I disagree on, how much of the whose fingerprints – we're ultimately on the Teddy Bridgewater trade. That That's up for debate, but that's neither here nor there in this very moment. Some Jacob, of his were, but I think ultimately that was more of a Vic Fangio call. For the reason that you mentioned, to save his own job, and Pat Shermer as well. Thank you, Jacob. Good to see you, bro, in the chat. Really appreciate you. Uh, Michael Ronquillo says, Hackett is my pick for the Broncos. Seeing a lot of that from the uh, community maven, Zach. Uh, it's all about Hackett. Beto. Good to see you, Beto. Guys, I know Rodgers is what fans want, but he's older. They would be mortgaging the future and would be right back here looking for another quarterback and head coach. Uh, definitely the quarterback side, but, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning first, and then Tom Brady. I guess you could maybe credit old ten, uh, Vinny Testaverde for uh, really pushing the envelope on the, oh, I want to play till I'm hit, 90. Hit me right there. <laughs> um, but... Peyton Manning set a new kind of, not a new precedent so much, rather he kind of kindled, I think, a new fad almost for these future Hall of Fame guys. Like if Big Ben had any juice left in the tank, wouldn't surprise me if some, at some point late in his career he wanted to maybe see if he could do it somewhere in another city. Uh, Tom Brady following suit, kind of copying Peyton Manning. I want to go prove that I'm as good, if not better. In the World Championship Department, we know the answer to that, but as a quarterback, I want to go prove that I can win somewhere else too, that I'm not dependent on this one little city. I could see Aaron Rodgers, in other words, this long spiel, coming to Denver, three-year minimum, like a three-year floor. Like a, It's going to be a deal similar to Peyton's when he signed here in 2012, probably five years with a realistic expectation of him fulfilling three of them. You know, And then from there, it's kind of let's go, let's, let's, let's take it as we go. Well, well, first of all, Rodgers is older, yes. You wouldn't be getting like a Deshaun Jackson guy in his prime, still has 10 years left. He has maybe three or four years, five years tops of high-level play. But that play is really high-level. Maybe back-to-back -back MVPs, maybe Super Bowl champion. The guy right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. So let's say you acquire him and you don't reach a Super Bowl in that window. Well, if Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze and company are all they're cracked up to be, you can develop your next quarterback while you have Rodgers like these other teams have done. Look what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Look what Green Bay did with Rodgers and Brett Favre. You always want to have the guy you pass the mantle off to, not scramble every offseason to, to put a Band-Aid over the bullet hole, to use your famous expression, Chad. So that's the ultimate goal here. If Nathaniel Hackett is the guy, well, he'll have Rodgers, or if he busts or doesn't get Rodgers, you feel comfortable with him developing who's ever on the roster, whether it's Drew Locke or rookie quarterback or anybody else. If that guy can get that hype over selling a handoff, yeah. dude, imagine some of the other intricacies of the quarterback position. He'd be rapping on the sideline with Drew Locke. Probably, dude. Love it. Probably. He's like, what's on your playlist today? Let's jam it. Casey Nickel, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. Thank you for the super. He says, in that interview with Pat, 
uh, McAfee, Aaron Rodgers didn't yep. dismiss anything about not going to Denver. Uh, he didn't confirm it either, but Hey, tinfoil hat on also Manning for owner. Yeah. You know, can neither confirm nor deny, but Zach, he's in the playoffs with the Packers. If he didn't have that PR controversy relative to his V status earlier this year, he'd be shoe in MVP this year, like in the hearts and minds of everybody is, I guess what I'm getting at. Um, he's not going to say, yeah, yeah. I can't wait till this season's over, Pat. I'm going to Denver, dude. A, he doesn't control it hundred uh, percent. B, it would just be very atypical for a, you know, franchise classy ambassador type that we know Aaron Rodgers is. He's not going to let in, let on any of that stuff, even if it were all perfectly true that he's dying to come to Denver. Well, Chad, he could have said, no, I'm happy in Green Bay. He could have just easily shot it down, true. but That's he, didn't, true. he didn't do that. I'm going to have the story from Mile High Huddle after the podcast, and I was tweeting about it. When they asked him about the possibility of hiring Nathaniel Hackett and Getzey and importing him, he made a joke about his teammate's clothing line. He never once mentioned, no, I'm happy in Green Bay. No, he laughed even. So I'm right there with that tinfoil theory. I want to read a couple quotes, though, uh, Rogers had about Hackett. He said what he did in Jacksonville was pure magic. People forget what he did with Blake Bortles. He gets no credit mm-hmm. for that. He said it's legendary. He had them within one quarter of the Super Bowl. He's a great coach. I love spending time with him. He's a great teacher. He's incredible in front of the room. Here's Rodgers on Luke Getze. Fantastic coach. Really good teacher of the game. These are two guys that would be monumental, incomprehensible upgrades on Pat Shermer. And getting either of them would be a boon for the Broncos. Getting both would be fantastic. Just getting that juice, man. Just getting a coach or two on that side of the ball that has some energy, man, some passion, you know, let alone, hey, throw something modestly innovative out there on the grass. The God King himself, Mark Langley, a.k.a. Mark from Georgia. He's known by many monikers as legendary figures, often are, Zach, but top rope. There he Thank is, you, Mark. Mark Langley. What's Thank up, you. my guys? Go dogs. Congrats on that, by the way. Uh, go Broncos 2022. Great to see you, Mark. Hope the fam's doing well. Give our best to Penny. Mark, it, it's, it li- literally leaves me speechless. When I see these generous uh, showings of support, it just it's, it's Mark Langley. So thank you so much. Hope you're having a great uh, night and uh, appreciate you as always. And you Michaela. The and the Duchess as well. Two Mount Rushmore Super Chat Superstar members of our community we got the awesome uh opportunity to hang out with michaela uh back in september next year we'll get that same chance with mark in fact i've had a lot of people reaching out hey you guys were going to do the draft meet and greet at the draft in 2020 before the old pandemic hit you're going to do that again this year because you know heading back and all that we haven't ruled it out but it depends on how the for lack of a better term, the CV thing unfolds. If it, if there are restrictions and stuff like that might not make any sense. It might not make much sense for us to go down there and do that. But if it's kind of like it was in September, Zach, where, where is the draft this year? Um, is it Cleveland? Hold on. Or was it in Cleveland? No, I don't want it. Is it in Vegas? Cause they didn't hold it in Vegas a couple of yes, years ago. That's that. I want to make sure I'm not tripping. I think dude. I'm right about that. They skipped, they, they changed it. Which it was dope. They had this setup where like it was over water and the players were coming via boat. Like I wanted to see that 
up close yeah, it is sure. las vegas I was, all right i was like well, yeah because when you questioned that i was like wait a minute am i tripping we're definitely um, going <laughs> so let's just hope the old uh pandemic slows down a little bit between now and then so that there aren't restrictions that would negate the whole point of us right. doing a meet and greet but the duchess michaela love you thank you so much so generous she says i am torn between hackett and quinn experience versus young and exciting i think i would go for hackett because he is an offensive guy and then of course peyton manning for yeah, owner agreed. here's the thing though if i've done a lot more research on quinn i mean i knew his bona fides uh, obviously like his resume right but i've done a lot more research on dan the coach dan the man dan the reputation all that stuff and there's a lot to like about dan quinn dude a lot to like about dan quinn i mean Anytime you see a coach, it's this is like a little uh, litmus test, Zach. When you see a coach holding forth in his press conference, whether it's a head coach or an assistant, and every time he gets a question, and because when you're let's just say you're watching a uh, a press conference from home on your phone, you don't know who's asking those questions. You hear a voice, question gets asked, the guy answers it right. Well, Quinn always uses that person's name first and foremost. So if Zach's asking that question, he's going to go, Zach, you know what? Let me tell you, blah, 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 blah. And there's a, um, what's a good one? It's endearing. It is endearing, but it's also a human communication tell. What that, and often tells uh, that this guy's, a, this person that does that is a conscientious person, leader, a person that cares about how other people feel, again, conscientious, and relative to how that fits into a tapestry of, leadership command because a leader can't just be someone that says follow me or else right a leader has to inspire um someone to follow him and dan quinn is that type of guy you know he is that type of guy where he knows everyone's name in the building probably knows what their kids you know where they're going to school uh wife's names things like that so he's a very interesting guy but i still worry that if they go dan quinn they're letting the NFL pass them by once again. You know, I, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, after, I knew he was a great coach in Seattle, but I kind of chalked that up to the talent he had around him. I kind of thought he was a buffoon as the Falcons head coach. I didn't put too much stock in Dan Quinn, but fortunately, covering the Cowboys this past season, I have a ton of respect for him. And let me tell you, I, I would take Dan over a lot of other candidates on the Broncos list. Not over Moore, not over Hackett, not over maybe O'Connell, but definitely over someone like, like Aaron Glenn or Jonathan Gannon. The Broncos could do a lot worse than Dan Quinn. You'd be getting a natural-born leader. Everyone buys into his system. If you ever watch a Cowboys game, he's up in the press box, which I'm not crazy about, but he has the hat backward. He's always standing up. He's always like a kid out there. That You want that energy. It's infectious. When he was the interim head coach this season, led the Cowboys to a victory over the Saints in a primetime game, he was standing outside the locker room personally greeting and congratulating every single player. Didn't matter if it was Dak Prescott or the punter. That yep. is a leader. That's the opposite of what Vic Fangio was. I, it's not my number one preference, but I can certainly get behind a Dan Quinn hire. That childlike uh, enthusiasm and uh, uh, just zeal and love for the game, that is something I think everyone can appreciate in a coach or player, unless it's Drew Locke, right? If it's Drew Locke, then it's a sign of something like you know, <laughs> wrong with this cat. The Boogmeister, what's up? Uh, he says, what's up, guys? Haven't been on a live for a bit. I know we'll get the right head coach in OC this time around. By the way, George Payton guaranteed it. So 
Um, but I hope we don't step back on the defensive side. And that's something that Peyton addressed head on. He's like, look, we want to obviously, you know, resurrect our offense from six feet under, but we also don't want to take a step back defensively. And I think his ace in the hole on that front is like, you know, his just in case his security, his insurance policy is holding on to Ed Donatel till they ultimately resolve who's going to be the head coach. Because if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, who knows, maybe I have, I'm predisposed to a certain name out there, but a lot of those names that I might have may have come in contact with, that would be great for a defensive coordinator, probably our defensive coordinator somewhere in the league. If I get hired by the Denver Broncos and George Payton says you get Ed Donatel, who has been the number one Lieutenant to Vic Fangio, the guy whose defense is, you know, the latest thing right now in the NFL. And I'm Nathaniel Hackett, a first time head coach, offensive minded guy. I'm going, yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm down for Ed Donatel. You know, I'll give it a whirl, see how it goes. But that's, that's a that's a priority for what it's worth, Bugmeister. Look, you can't always get everything you want, right? You can't have your cake and eat it too all the time. You can't go get the best freaking offensive coordinator out there to come be your head coach and turn that ship around and then expect to have like perfect right. transfer of defense. Right. There will be gives and, and and gets, for lack of a better term, right, that are going to occur, especially when you have a change in regime like this. But you can only hope that they don't take – you know, such a step back, Zach, that it's catastrophic. But you get an offense going, takes so much pressure off that defense, dude. This defense yeah. has had to be the tip of the spear for seven right. years now, since 2015. I'm counting the Super Bowl year that they're tired of having to be that tip of the spear. You get a little offense going, Zach. You get a little a few points on the board in, in the first half. I mean, I know you take your hat off and go, imagine that, getting points on the board in the first half, what that could do for a defense. All right, I'm being a little hyperbolic here, but you get my point. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It, it would change the whole complexion of, of every single Broncos game. But I'm aiming a little higher than Ed Donatel. Who even is Ed Donatel? What is Ed Donatel? I've never really even seen him on game days. I'm, I'm half-joking here when I say this, but maybe someone like Gerard Mayo as DC, maybe Mike Zimmer as DC, the connection to George Payton. Ed Donatel to me is a plan C, but I'm right there with you. The defensive personnel and the scheme that they've already instilled, they can maintain or retain uh, Bill Kalar, Reggie Herring to have some sort of continuity from the Fangio era. It's to me though, it's more important to get that offensive coaching hiring down because that's the raw unit that's the clay that you want to mold and you need the right guy to mold that clay you can argue that dan quinn wouldn't be the right guy and someone like hackett would rodney garcia what's up buddy thank you he says let's just hope what joel has said broncos fans will be inspired to return back to the stadium and to support uh, and support to broncos country yes indeed uh david says who are the other groups beside uh besides elway and manny well, don't know. I haven't heard any uh, intel on that front. Um, probably won't know until, well, maybe until the, the bid itself gets a little bit closer. Uh, Travis Weber, good evening, Chad and Zach. Good to see you, by the way, big dog. Elway kind of blew it when he turned down Pat, when he offered him 25% ownership or something like that. It's not exactly how it went down, but um, there was a big snag in the form of the Kaiser Estate um, having a more legitimate say for right of first refusal at that time. And that was um, quite disincentivizing for John Elway. I don't know if Elway or Manning will come up with the capital. It also is kind of sad that fans have gone from the team 
from the from Team Teddy, Team Locke to now yeah. Elway versus Manning. You know, it's just the way it's going to go. But imagine this. You know, you talk about like big egos, right, Zach, and like how ego can make one petty if if one allows it. Could Peyton Manning countenance being confused with the GM? Peyton, Peyton. Scott brings this up. It's a good point. Who are you talking about? You're talking about George? So then you're going to have to go from George, start calling him George and Manning, right, to make sure everyone knows who they're talking about. I'm, I'm taking this to the absolute logical extreme here, but something to ponder. I'm going George Patton, like his name is spelled <laughs> out. I'm yeah. not going to – I'm going to jump over that hurdle while I can. I, I would like it to happen. In terms of the other ownership groups, the only thing we've really heard other than a Bolin or Elway or Manning was Robert Smith, the Denver billionaire. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much interested he still is, but I guess that will be revealed in the weeks ahead. All right, let's see where we're at. We're at 49 minutes. we got to start winding her down here. Claude jumping in. Great to see you, big dog. He says, time to get this glorious ship back on track. Yes, indeed. And that's why, again, I love that George Payton guaranteed this will be the right move. And so far, what you've seen from him and the comprehensive net with which he's cast to try and ensnare as many possible candidates as possible leads me to believe he could be this, he could be freaking right, dude. He might get this. He might actually be the guy finally get this right for the Denver Broncos. And I just love, this is the third time I've said it now on a podcast, I love a leader who's willing to take that level of expectation and onus and pressure and put it on himself like that. It's just, to me, it it resonates. Uh, Phil, Bronco Nation, ooh, faux pas there, big dog, but we're not here, uh, you know, we're not going to be hooty snooty about Bronco Nation. <laughs> People go crazy over that, though. Bronco like on, country. On social media, it's a big deal. It is. It gets a little redonk. Um, But in Tucson, like Michael Ronquillo, wondering what your opinion is on uh, D.E. Kongbo. Seems like a good backup BFL MHH. I got you, Chad. Uh, the Broncos signed, I think it's Jonathan Kongbo, to a future deal. I had the story about the futures contracts. They signed seven players yesterday. They signed another one today. I'm going to have the write-up for the website coming out tonight or tomorrow. But uh, what I know about him offhand, I can't say I'm the biggest Jonathan Kongbo fan, Chad, but he's a two-time, I think, CFL champion uh, in the Canadian Football League. So a developmental prospect to keep in mind uh, as they go forward. Still, it's obviously, super early in the process, but he will be on the 90 man off season roster. We know that. So Kongbo is, um, let's see, where'd he go to school? Tennessee. And he was a CFL first round pick for what it's worth. I mean, that's like, is. you know, eighth round pick in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was a Niners practice squad guy in 2020, uh, signed a reserve future contract with the Niners of that year was waived, uh, on the cutting room floor, the final cuts before the, the regular season. And uh, since then, you know, he's a two-time great champion, a uh, great cup champion, Zach. So he's, he's brought home the bacon for his respective football teams up there North of the 49th parallel. Um, Jay Mills Ryan, another newer name. So welcome, welcome big dog. Thank you. Didn't Doug Peterson leave the Eagles because of upper management and also Wentz? Wouldn't Doug be the best bet since he's won a Super Bowl and is an excellent play caller. I'd love it, dude. I would love Doug Peterson to be in the building in in strong consideration. Zach and I don't perfectly share a yeah. brain on this, but here's what I have 
I put my feelers out to try and find out what the Sam Hill happened for a guy who won a Super Bowl and three seasons later dismissed with prejudice. And long story short, the owner there wasn't allowing him to make all the decisions on his coaching staff. And he had been told from the time he was hired as Andy Reid's offensive coordinator to go be the head coach in Philly that he would have uh, say and influence Zach on the free agent acquisitions, on the draft picks. And he was continually iced out. And he felt, especially after he got that ring, that should have afforded him a little bit more, uh, you know, bigger seat at the table. And they just kept stiff arming him. So the uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, they just weren't having it. And meantime, he presided over the disintegration, complete unraveling of Carson Wentz. And that was enough for them to say, you know what? We've got, there's not going to be any PR blowback if we fire the only head coach in the history of our club that's brought home a world championship and the rest is history. But was Carson Wentz disintegrated? Look at the, the football he played in, with the Colts this year. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not going to deny that Peterson is a good coach, but I don't know where the reverence for him really comes. The defense played great that year. Nick Foles was just, it was a unicorn type year. It was a perfect storm for Philadelphia in so many ways. So Peterson played a part, but his assistants, who he had on staff, the players, just the ultimate convalescence that happened that year. Then there was also the falling out, apparently, he had with some of his coaches or with the front office, like you laid out. Uh, he condoned an environment that was toxic in many levels with Alshon Jeffrey and Wentz and the anonymous leaks with Josina Anderson from ESPN back then. And also, he always struck me kind of like a cheesy kind of guy. Like Ice cream days he would have at the end of meetings. I mean, I don't want a guy who sat on his couch last year. Nathaniel Hackett's been in the NFL. For an example, Hackett, he's been seeing the recent trends of the sport year to year hasn't taken any time off his star is rising you don't want a guy whose star is already risen you want a guy whose star is still rising and i'd rather go with the upside in this hire for once with hackett rob bow is it buxbum or baubum baubum boo boo baum pardon me if i'm butchering your name help <laughs> us get it right tell us the phonetics all right boo in baum. the chat but thank you for that super chat he says, long time lurker, first time commenting. Awesome, dude. Appreciate you. Zach, I've followed you since the 24-7 days. Living in Nashville, assuming we have a first round pick, your choice for best position, uh, best position to draft, or is it BPA? Hashtag United and Orange. Zach? Rob, thank you, first of all, so much. That's amazing support, and we appreciate it. OG, uh, OG. Yeah, seriously. I, any of you 24-7 guys and gals are incredible. Mark Langley, that. another one of one of the 24-7 OGs. And the queen, wherever she may be right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, I, I never advocate drafting for need, so regardless, BPA is the way you want to go. Whether it's a quarterback, right tackle, edge rusher, inside linebacker, what have you, uh, whoever is the highest, best player on your board at that given time has to be the selection. I'm going to say, though, you can't neglect right tackle. I know edge rusher right now is the popular mock to the Broncos, considering Chubb and uh, Malik Reed and Cooper and the uh, uncertainty there, but when's the last time the Broncos invested serious draft capital in a right tackle? It's been years, and they can't – I mean, you're having to think about it, which is a problem in Maybe itself. Maybe Orlando Franklin as a second-round pick back in 2011. That's a decade. You can't wait that long in today's NFL. If you want someone like Rodgers or even a rookie quarterback, you have to protect him. So uh, right tackle to me is still probably right now. It's still early, but that's my number one. 
And, you know, we don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole, but BPA versus need, it's always airs on the side of need. It's just the way it goes, guys. You know, they take the best player available at the positions that they need. You know, if you've got uh, Steve Young and Joe Montana on your quarterback depth chart, right? And I'm, I'm going to botch this. And freaking, you know, Andrew Luck is, falls into your lap in the, on the draft board. You're not taking Andrew Luck. Travis Weber, my question, though, is, is there a rift between Elway and Manning as to why they are in separate groups to becoming possible owners? Rift? No. Personal interest? You know, they just both have their own interest here. You know, they're not uh, – once the contract's end, dude, like, they're friends, they're pals and all that stuff, right? But, like, I've got my interests. I've got my objectives and goals I want to pursue. Maybe you've got yours. They're probably just, you know, rubbing shoulders, Zach, with different billionaire clubs. Um, but, no, I would definitely wouldn't read into that as there being some kind of rift or anything. This is just, hey, we both got a shot here to potentially win ownership of the Denver Broncos. You know, may the best man win. Yeah, and I think, like, to your point, I agree 100%. It's, it's not personal, it's business. And I think that's what it comes down to for Elway and Peyton. Yes. Mike. Good to see you, my friend. He says, I don't care who the owner is. I just want whatever it takes to get back to winning football. Hashtag MHH, Denver Broncos for life. We feel you, big dog. We really do. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremy Kusich. What's up, buddy? He says, I listened to Dan Quinn for the first time last night. He is very engaging and clearly loves thinking about and talking about ball. Very interesting guy. Yeah, he is. The more you go down the rabbit hole of Dan Quinn, thank you, Jacob. Man, you're going crazy on the stars. We love it, dude. Keeping the lights on. The more you dig into Dan Quinn, the man, the coach, uh, the more you like Dan Quinn. It's it's just going to happen for you, all right? Even you go right now. Let's say you've never watched a Dan Quinn presser. Go watch one. Your opinion right now of Dan Quinn, whatever it might be, will be augmented by that, all right? Um, the, uh, things didn't end well for him in Atlanta, and he's got – to answer for that on his next, uh, you know, go around, he's got to prove that he can, that he understands and recognizes how he squandered the later years, the later prime years of a franchise quarterback. And how come he couldn't fix that offense after Kyle Shanahan left? Like that's what he has to, you know, and there's other things about his coaching uh, resume in Atlanta that fans like Scott who grew up rooting for the Atlanta Falcons drove them crazy just like, you know, everyone, when your things aren't going great for your team, your coach, there will be peccadillos about them that drive you nuts, right? And Quinn had that. But there's also something to be said, and I'm going to grab Rodney here, Zach. There's something to be said for the second time, uh, second chance coaches. Mike Shanahan was a second chance coach. Got it right the second time. Gary Kubiak was a second chance coach. Got it right the second time. John Fox was a second time coach when he came to Denver. Almost got it right the second time, but he at least duplicated, you know, what he did in Carolina, but in a more microwave time frame, right? It took him, well, I can't remember now off the top of my head how far into his Carolina career he was when he led him to that Super Bowl in 03, but I digress. My point being, you can't dismiss that that experience, people learn more from the failure than they do from the success. So you got to believe that a smart, sharp, dynamic guy like uh, Dan Quinn, he probably in retrospect now realizes exactly the forks in the road where he went left instead of taking the path to the right 
and what he'd do differently this time around. Hey, I'll, I'll keep it brief about Dan Quinn. T- t- guys, you know I wouldn't BS you about coaches. I keep it very, very real. Uh, I was not a Dan Quinn believer until this season, but you watch not just what he says and his energy, but what happens on the field. It's not talk. It's not Vic Fangio saying no death by inches and, and then losing games by kilometers. This is actual talk and action on Dan Quinn's part. His defenses play fast. They hit hard. They create turnovers. They did none of those things under Vic Fangio. So my preference for the Broncos not to hire Dan Quinn really has nothing to do with Dan Quinn. I think he'd be a fantastic coach for, again, Minnesota, even a team like Miami, Chicago, for a defensive-minded team. But the Broncos went in that direction twice now. If they didn't just fail with Vic or fail with VJ before that, I'd say give it a shot. But why not go with the newer trend? And you mentioned retread coaches succeeding. The new trend is first-time coaches succeeding. I think it's time for the Broncos to swing in that direction and see what happens. I just worry the fates they'd be tempting if they went defense for a third straight time in the in the face of how the first two went. Rodney, hey guys, if the Broncos don't go after Rodgers or Wilson, would you guys go after Mitchell Trubisky? No way in Sam Hill would I Let me tell you, here's what I say. If the Broncos swing and miss on Rodgers slash Wilson, you look at the draft class. There are a couple intriguing prospects in this class. It gets, you know, shade and clowned on a lot for being a shallow class. But there are a couple of guys. If the scouting department and George Payton and that new head coach do not believe one of those guys and one Zach that is reasonably within reach to them, the Broncos, is a day one upgrade over Drew Locke. Then you go with Drew one last time. It's his rookie deal. You go get a Band-Aid insurance policy in the event that he gets hurt. And everyone knows, hey, it's a uh, first-year head coach's honeymoon season. It's the last year on Locke's deal. No one's going to crucify that head coach if Locke doesn't do well because you came up short in the Roger sweepstakes or Wilson sweepstakes. And everyone knows it was a, not a great quarterback class, or at least that's what the common you know perception is. Makes too much sense almost, right? Why are we talking about Mitchell Trubisky? Like, no. Like, even if they hired Brian Dayball, who's his coach, I would say no. Just no. I, I would go for any other quarterback this offseason, maybe with the exception of Teddy Bridgewater over Trubisky. I, just, no. Um, I did see you, – you all have to stop catfishing us and trolling us because we got a super, I think it was, chat about Carson Wentz being released. And you all always make me check Twitter to see if these – Rumors are true, and it's not true. I haven't seen anything. I don't think it's true, but... Of course not. He's not going to be released. Why would they got, release Carson Wentz? You, you got know? me again, though. Um. All right. Savage Boy Kev, the Twitch question of the night. Zach, can we take a second to think, what if Melvin Gordon didn't fumble? We had the Chiefs in the bag, man. That would have really made Locke turn heads. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a dat gum shame. What if? I mean, Bits and I, butts for candy and nuts, right? I, I don't deal in what ifs. I deal in reality. And and Melvin had three fumbles. He's an eight million dollar running back. I know he got hit as soon as the ball uh, got to him, but just do your job there. I would say that for any player. If if again we hold one player to certain criticism, I won't name the player. We have to hold all players to that criticism. So that, that's the reality. All right, Scott. I want to grab Dennis, and I see one here from Lawrence Rivera at seven twenty. And then I don't know what else is left, but we got a rapid fire. So Dennis says, okay, did you see George's Kirby smart Monday night, jumping up and down, running down the sideline? I want a head coach with that kind of enthusiasm. Yes. Amen, dude. We need it. We need that juice. Lawrence, 
Will Hackett be an Adam Gase if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, though? Rodgers likes to be in control of the field, and Hackett lets him, so I'm kind of hesitant there. It's a fair uh, consideration. It's a fair concern. But um, remember, what did he do with Blake Bortles? You know, people want to remember, Zach, that he ultimately got fired in Jacksonville along with that whole coaching staff. But think about what he was able to do with a guy who up to that point in his career was kind of viewed as a first-round bust. He ultimately, in retrospect, is viewed as a first-round bust. But this guy's coaching got him to just about the top of the mountain. Take it from Aaron Rodgers, who said what he did in Jacksonville was legendary, getting it to within a quarter of the Super Bowl. You can look at it two ways. There's always the glass half full and glass half empty. He can be the next Adam Gase or he can be the next Sean McVay. You have to hire him to find out. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Phil McLaughlin says, hey guys, my business associates in Denver are telling me a former quarterback for the Broncos has had meetings with John Malone. Since his group already owns the Atlanta Braves, he knows what it means to own a team. Have you guys heard anything? Insider scoop. Haven't. I'm not going to lie to you. Addison, Manning as owner, Hackett as head coach, Mariota as a QB competition figure for Drew Locke. Zach, what would you think of that? I I don't know how much Marcus Mariota can push Drew Locke. I think that would be tilting it in Locke's favor. And if you bring him back, we don't know who the next head coach is going to be, how they feel about Locke, but you got to push him and make him earn the job if they're making it a competition. Mariota doesn't really do much for me. Kevin Smith, great to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, Indy just released Carson Wentz. Get ready for the Wentz to... Dude, I'm going to Google it now. I think it was a fake account, someone said. I don't know how y'all fall for that either. Like, the fake Adam Schefter accounts, like, they're not verified. Just look at the... (laughs) Look at the follower accounts. I'm going to read the spun. There's no way. Zero chance. Uh... All right, NFL World reacts to Tuesday's Carson Wentz news. This is from The Spun. The Indianapolis Colts went all in on Carson Wentz last offseason, trading away a second and first rounder. That said, he's not guaranteed the starting job. When asked if Wentz would be the team's starter in 22, Frank said, we, Frank Reich said, we loved the team we had this year. We knew everyone was brought in this year. We expected to play winning football. Next year's roster will be next year's roster. I don't want to open it up about one player and then start talking about all of them. So because he didn't confirm 100% Carson's our guy next year, he's released. Yeah, it's it's not real, guys. Uh, I liked you see. better as Silent Bob, Kevin Smith. But you know what? Seriously, Kevin, you the man, dude. You, you the man. Carson Wentz trade. Yeah, this is – it's people just speculating on why Frank Reich wouldn't confirm for sure he's going to be the man this coming season. All right. Drew Love. I trust Peyton completely in choosing the right head coach for this team. Plus, it's an exciting offseason with the team now being up for sale as well as nearly $50 million in cap room. All good things. This is a this is an attractive destination, guys. Uh, Maze Jackson, another newer name. Welcome. Thank you. I would want billionaire Jeff to own the team. We need, talking to Jeff Bezos, Amazon. We need deep pockets to fix structural issues of the organization. What do you think, Zach? I don't know that I want. I, how do you? How would you ca- characterize Jeff Bezos? I guess it depends on whatever aisle you fall on politically. Dude, he's so rich, he's posthuman. Like you, yeah. What is say, this guy? Same about Musk as well. Uh, I just don't want someone as like maybe that's the word. Just so enigmatic or divisive as Bezos could be. I mean, there's billionaires out there that can 
afford Denver. I, I just don't want, you know, Alexa Field at Mile High Stadium. I don't want the branding and all that goes along with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Wilson the Ghost, last one, guys, and then we got to dip on out of here. Uh, pardon me, Lawrence. Alexa, bring me a beer. Um, bring me a win. <laughs> yes. And let the offseason begin, says Wilson the Ghost. Bring back our identity with the zone run offense and a head coach that gives a darn. Hashtag Pookie MVP 2022. Well said, my friend, and uh, can't think of a better way to end tonight's live stream, Zach. Do you know what's so exciting, though? I mean, learning under uh, Matt LaFleur and, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, but what Getze and Hackett have been a part of doing in Green Bay, if they can turn, like, Alan Lazard and Valdez Scantling into starting caliber receivers, can you imagine what they can do with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant? That's what excites me is what they can get out of the players that they have on the roster. By the way, by the way, real quick, we're going to grab Nathan. Shout out to Rodney Garcia. Thank you for everything tonight, big dog. You've been a you've been a stud. Nathan says, does it matter the order in which the team is sold and when the coach is hired? Does it matter per se? I don't think so. Coach is coming first, though. But no from way. a feasible timeline perspective, it's, there's a lot of red tape to hop through. Uh, and, you know, we talk about billions of dollars changing hands and fitting that with NFL rules and stuff. I just see that being a more sticky process, Zach, that'll take more time. I think the soonest that's going to happen, the ownership is March. Uh, the head coach could happen like a week from now or, or less even. So, All right, guys, we got to go. We, we ran long. Zach, if you want to sign us out, I'll bring up Facebook. Yes, that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. We appreciate tuning in with us on this Wednesday as we went over the Peyton versus Elway. You know, the fans going to get the hashtags ready now for this battle, Chad. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. In the meantime, until we see you guys next time, which is tomorrow, uh, follow the main account on Twitter at Mile Huddle. Follow, uh, actually go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a hoodie, get yourself a football preset, a lot of cool stuff at HuddleUpPod.com. And if you have, and if you want to support the brand even more, go to Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Like I said, become a supporter. Five bucks a month. You get instant access to Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, which we talked about, and Trickle Zone each and every week. And if you haven't, Facebook.com slash Pod. And... Apple Podcast guys, don't forget, leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but the Facebook uh, back end that allows us to see all the names that contributed to tonight's show... It's being weird and stingy. It's not showing it. So we might have to uh, make that up to you guys. Um, Dang it. So we'll make that up to you. As Zach said, subscribe, like, share. Those organic ways that you can support what we do, guys, they're worth their weight in gold. So if you like what you saw, even if you disagree with us on certain points or even all the points, do you respect the effort? Share it out there. Be sure to like the video, and we'll see you tomorrow night. It's going to be a great show. And get yourself a Manscaped. Promo code MHH, don't forget. 20% off plus free shipping, baby. That's right. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.